Welcome, welcome to the Sharpway Show. Yes, it is uh, 8 p.m. on the East Coast, not exactly 7 p.m. I know I'm a couple of uh, minutes, an hour late, um, but I was out and about doing what I think are kind of cool things. I was in uh, D.C. this afternoon, this morning, um, so kind of pushed me off everything, but I am back. Sorry late, but at least I'm able to do a bit of a show this evening. And I want to bring up things that are happening now with, I hope, some insight into why I think Liberty Movement, the Libertarian Party, and Libertarians could have actually made things better. And, and, and I hope that we'll see that. Now, people sometimes get mad when I talk about Libertarianism. And they say, oh, well, this is imperfect because of this and that. You're right. There's no question. I'm, you're never going to hear me say, Libertarianism is perfect and solves all problems. That's not what I'm going to say because it isn't true. But what I say constantly, and I believe in my heart to be true, and I think I'm going to show you a little bit today, it makes things better. Like things are better. When you add more libertarianism, I think things get better if you do it right versus pretending to add libertarianism and then in reality add some kind of authoritarianism that is cloaked in that, right? That That's the issue. So let me grab a couple of things. The biggest thing I want to bring up is what's happening in California right now, the recall, right? A lot of people don't like Newsom, me included. Now, I'm not a Californian, so I don't get to vote on that. I get it, but I have my opinion from the outside. I am not a big Gavin Newsom fan for many reasons. Policies, hypocrisy, the list is relatively long on the reasons why I'm not a big fan. And it was up to me, would I vote him out? Yes, right? And I think a lot of Californians probably would have or didn't care. But why do I think that, why do I think and still think that Gavin Newsom was not going to be recalled? Here's when I began to think that. I began to think that the second they made Larry Elder the front runner, right? The front runner. And I said, well, Larry, do you? Do you hate um, Larry Elder? I don't. I'm not a huge Larry Elder fan. I don't talk about him much. He's, he's whatever. I'm not really a, a huge fan. I'm not anti Larry Elder at all. And if I was in California, I absolutely, if I have a choice between Elder and Newsom, clearly I would pick Elder over Newsom. But the person I was talking about prior to um, Larry Elder moving in was Jeff Hewitt. And you might go, well, Larry, you just wanted Jeff Hewitt because he's libertarian. Well, yes, but not just. Imagine this. You put Larry Elder as the front runner. The first thing the Democrats do, which is what I told you they would do, is turn us into a culture war and turn Larry Elder to Trump. And they did. And they did. Now, in a state like California, that's two or three to one Democrat to Republican. That's not going to work. The numbers don't match, right? The only goal in this two-party system, which is what it is, clearly, is get if your if your district or state is more red or more blue, get more of your people out to vote. That was it. So Democrats went, oh, we'll just call him Trump, which is what they did. Larry Elder clearly is not Trump, but that didn't matter. They went, he's Trump. And Democrats who are afraid of Trump went, oh my God, Orange Man Bad is back. Oh, we're so scared. Anything Trump is by default evil. We're so worried. And now I think Democrats are gonna rush out to vote. And there's simply more Democrats by two or three to one than our Republicans. So my gut says, I don't know this for sure, but my gut says, and I said it before, Newsom's not getting recalled 
because now Democrats are going to come out and be, you know, everybody's Trump. But imagine if instead we had pushed someone like Jeff Hewitt. Jeff Hewitt is not a Republican. He's libertarian. Can you link Jeff Hewitt to Trump? You really got to, you got to jump through some hoops to do that. You really do. And most Republicans wouldn't, the Republican establishment would not have wanted Jeff Hewitt to be in charge. They would have pushed somebody else. I said, well, what about this guy or something? If we could have pushed Jeff Hewitt, then guess what would have happened? It's not Gavin Newsom versus Trump. It's Gavin Newsom, some Republican, and then now someone with some answers. You guys, if you watched Jeff on my show, I put him on about a month ago, he was coming up with the actual answers, how we actually do things. He's a current supervisor in, in, in Riverside right, right now in California. So he's actually fixing things right now in a county of, you know, over a million people. Is it two million now? I forgot what it is. It's like a million people in that, or maybe more. It's, it's a large county. It's not like a, a small county with 100,000, 50,000 people in it. It's a large county with lots of people in it. You know, he's, he's, he's a supervisor there. He's getting things done now. They couldn't have turned it just into a left-right culture war. Because I would ask you, and Larry Elder was guilty of this too, right? And what did Larry Elder do? What, was, what did he say? He said, Newsom bad. Lots of people say Newsom bad. Got you. Did he come up with a policy? No. Look at his stuff. No real policies. Did Newsom have policies? No. Neither, neither of them did. What did Newsom say? We can't, we can't let this work because then Trump all of a sudden becomes Lord Master of California and now Trump will come and eat your babies or whatever they say he does, right? That was, his, that was Newsom's campaign. If you watched it, that's what it was. Trump evil. If I lose this, Trump comes and kills each of your children. That was his campaign. Larry Elder was, Newsom's bad, right? Well, I'm here. Neither of them actually said, here's how I'm going to solve your problems. And you hear me complain about this constantly. Why? Because it happened yet again. Again and again. It keeps happening. I'm not the other and nobody wins. I'm not the other and the status quo is the same. But once you add that third party, once you add libertarianism, now we have a talk. Now if you talk, because Jeff would have actually had, he would have said, we should do this thing. And he would have promoted, we should do this. You heard him on my show. He was saying that. Let's go do these things, right? And if we start doing these things now, all of a sudden Larry Elder has to go, oh, let me tell you some policies. Gavin Newsom has to say, oh, I have to deal with policy issues. I can't just go, I'm not Trump, right? It's not going to work anymore. Third party libertarians would have fixed this recall. Third party libertarians would have made it all better. Not perfect. I'm not promising perfection. But I am absolutely saying would have made things better. Let me move a little bit further if I could. That's one, the recall. The next thing. Right now, everyone's talking about redistricting. That's the big thing now. We're going to gerrymander districts, blah, 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 blah. Right? Okay. I got it. The problem that we have is it's just left-right redistricting. That's all it is. It's just we're going to make this one red and this one blue. They're literally creating a cartel system. They're creating a cartel system. 
You guys get this. We get this. Shh. Everyone else be quiet. So that they have to run, they have to run anymore. They don't have to run against each other. It doesn't matter anymore. Same thing. I'm not this guy. But if libertarians were involved, you couldn't just do a red-blue redistricting. We would just do a straight line redistricting with people in areas that make sense. That's what we would do. Why? It's in our best interest. We want mixed people. We want everybody involved. We want freedom. I know. Crazy, right? So even if, why are people so scared about redistricting? Because they know that they're going to redistrict not because they care about the voters. They don't care about the voters. They're going to redistrict to ensure the parties have control. Now, we tease often. And we talk about people, like, oh, yo, you guys, you're communists, the Communist Party and the Nazi Party and the so-and-so party of you know, China and Russia and Germany. Are, are, are our parties, when it comes to power, not murdering people? When it comes to power, are our parties any better? They're not when it comes to power. They want to use the system for the party structures to stay in power and to push any other ideas and concepts out. You see it consistently. Everyone talking about redistricting. Who's talking about third parties? Me? Nobody else. We can't have the Democrats do this because they'll control the Senate. We can't have the Republicans do this because they'll control the Senate. And then they'll control the Senate, the senators. And then they'll control this and they'll control that. If your system is so, is set up so that once you redistrict, votes don't matter anymore, your system is shit, right? I mean, this is not rocket science to figure this out. If your system is set up so that once I set a system up, voting is irrelevant, which is what happened. That's why they're worried, right? Who cares? What does it matter? We're setting the systems up to where we know who's going to win in every time. Who cares about voting? Well, then your system's garbage, isn't it? That's the problem. It's nothing. So now, where's third parties? We have a system to where voters are not picking parties. Parties are picking voters. Please accept that as true because it is. Remember, voters are supposed to pick parties. And to access those candidates, parties aren't even in the the constitution there and washington was against them but whatever that's where it is now i'm not going to end the part i wish i could end the party system but i can't end the party system so okay so now it's parties fine at least let the voters pick the parties something something and period something but the voters aren't the parties pick the voters and then change everything and shift it all around and go oh okay well then we'll take these voters because these voters will support us so we'll take that so they're just ensuring that they stay in power. Why do you think over 90% of all Congress people get reelected? Have you seen the huge chunk of people who run unopposed? We joke about the petty dictators, right? The banana republics, whatever we call them, right? The petty dictators who say they won with 98% of the vote. Ha, ha, ha. Luckily, America's not that way. We run unopposed. We run unopposed. What's the difference? It's one party rule. Is it so different that no matter what you do, the same party wins every time to a point where some people don't even bother running candidates anymore? Yeah, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Our system is that broken. Add a third party and that's fixed. Add a third party and that's fixed.
These are issues that we see that all we need to do is to pick up a third party and make it active and work and things will change. Next thing, restrictions, all these restrictions, all these mandates, all those things we keep seeing. It's just left versus right. All they do is they pick a side, whatever the side that might be, and then whatever side they pick, usually it's supportive. Usually whoever's in power supports the establishment more. So if it's Republicans, Republicans tend to support the, the, the establishment when they're in power. Democrats tend to support the establishment more when they're in power, right? Generally speaking, the side in power tends to, it's not 100% rule, but they tend to support the establishment more because they're in power and the money's now coming to them because they're in power. That's how it usually works, right? So Democrats are in power. They start, they start doing that. Now, like Trump was an exception there, and there are some exceptions here or there. That's not a 100% rule. It's a good general rule, but not 100%. Trump, Trump was affected by the establishment, but he wasn't as controlled as, say, Biden is just, he's, he is, Biden is the establishment. Like this, that's the same animal, right? So, but a little, little bit different. Anyway, my, my point being, when you have libertarians in there, now we wouldn't allow something like CDC or OSHA to literally just decide, well, we're going to do things. And now there's no recourse. Now, I know what people say. Well, Larry, it, there is recourse, right? Because we can vote and get rid of the governor or the mayor or the president who put together, who gave the mandate for OSHA or for the CDC. My argument is, no, that's not real. Because of what I just told you, the way it's gerrymandered. No, we can't, right? Whether Biden runs or wins or loses will have very little to do with what OSHA does or the CDC does. Very little to do with that. It may have a little piece, but not a big piece. It'll be a very small piece. It'll be, can emotionally we say, you know, um, can, we, can we emotionally say, you know, can we say that, 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 you know, emotionally, am I mad at Biden or not? Am I mad at Biden? Well, then I don't like him. I don't care if the CDC did. I'm not mad at Biden. Eh, maybe I vote for him. Whatever. I think that's a bigger issue, sadly, because it's just two sides. You had a third side of changes. We have this in New York State. I bring it up all the time. What happens is the 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 president or the executive or the governor or the mayor says, "I don't have the power to do something." Right, whatever that is. I don't have the power to do something. So I will allow the CDC to do something. Well, didn't you? Didn't they just act as your agent? Isn't the same thing? Their defense is no. I didn't say it. OSHA did. I didn't say it. The CDC did. Well, here's the problem. Do we vote for people on the CDC? Can we fire people on the CDC? We, meaning the people. Is there a competitor to the CDC that we can use instead of the CDC? No. Therefore, there is literally no recourse. We can't fire them. We can't vote for them or vote them off. And there's no competition. Whatever the CC says rules the world. How is that a good system? There's literally no recourse. Right? If I'm mad at whatever, Walmart, while they may dominate the, the country, and they do, I still do have an option, right? I can go to the local mom and pop. I'll pay more and be more inconvenient in many cases. But I do have an option. I can do that, Right? We can say bad things about their stock and try to tank their stock. Or that there's, there's some recourse. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we can beat Walmart. I'm not saying that. But there is some recourse. There's that much against the CDC or OSHA. There is zero, literally zero recourse. 
against any of the big corporation. There is some recourse. I can go to Amazon instead of Walmart. I mean, it's one big to the other. But at least I can punish one of them. Again, not perfect. Something. Right now, we have none. None whatsoever. Right? Well, uh, we'll punish Biden. No, we're not. Stop. That's not going to happen either. None of this is going to happen. So even with that, a libertarian worldview fixes that. I'll go to the next thing people talk about. Afghanistan. Afghanistan. We would have pulled out Afghanistan a long time ago. And they would have known it. Even if we just got libertarians now. I gave you a plan last night how to get out of Afghanistan that I figured out years ago. I spoke about it before. How you get I got out of Afghanistan. Because we don't care about the military industrial complex. We would get rid of it and have them sell other stuff. You've heard me speak about it many times. We would fix the problem, which is the military industrial complex. We would fix it. So I went down a list of several things I thought about today that are happening and just saying, literally, we can fix them. Libertarians can fix these things. It would be better if we were involved. Once we're not involved, once we're, we're not involved, it becomes a two-party system, left versus right, good versus evil. And that's that. Good versus evil. And that's that. Let me see if I grab a couple comments here. So Torrance says, why the late start? It's almost my bedtime. Torrance, sorry about that, my friend. I apologize. No, I was in D.C. today and it just it messed my whole day. Everything ran late. Everything ran late. So I apologize. But I still want to do a show. So I did. So, yes. Um, let's see here. Chris said, you ever speak with Lou Rossman? His show. Go to check his show. out. I was on his show like two weeks, three weeks ago. Put Lewis, put Lewis Rossman. You spelled his name Lewis wrong. Not Lois, it's Lewis. Rossman also, you spelled that wrong too. Two N's for Rossman. Chris, you messed up in your spelling. I still love you, brother. So Lewis Rossman, Larry Shaw, you can Google it. I was on the show. He, he gave me three hours. We talked for three hours on the show. It's crazy. So yes. Joe says, I voted for a call. Thank you, Joe. I would have also. Yes. Yes. Keith says, Larry doesn't like Newsom. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Henry says, I don't think there will ever be a perfect solution. There's no black and white in life problem solutions are all shades of gray. I agree completely again, Andrea. I'm, I'm not promising perfection, and I never have. I'm promising better, right? I'm promising better. That's the issue. So, yes. Um, why not have Eldon a short way? I don't think he wants to come on. And to be forward, he's running, he's running for office now. I don't think he cares about my show. If he wins this thing, he'll be governor. He won't care about my show. If he loses it, he might. So maybe I'll reach out in a week if he loses. If he wins, he, he won't care. But if he wins, I'm, um, if he loses, I'm happy to have him on. So, yeah, happy to have him on. Absolutely. Yes. Andrew says, anything is better than Cuomo, the croc, and Newsom, the news. I would agree. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Keith says, to be fair, they would have flat ignored Hewitt. They kind of did, Keith. You're right. They did. If you're not a threat, you're ignored. If you're a threat, it's panic and rise over the bad opponent. Well, let me give you what I would have liked to see happen. I think your point's a valid one, Keith. I think we're um, – my whole point about libertarians fixing things is – kind of coulda, shoulda, woulda in my perfect world. We're not there. We're nowhere near there, right? Would I take Elder over, you know, over um, over Newsom? Yeah, of, co- of course I would. But I'd rather have Hewitt, right? If I had a choice, if my choice was Elder Hewitt, I'm picking Hewitt. If my choice is Elder Newsom, I'm picking Elder, right? I mean, so again, I'm not anti-Elder. I'm not. I'm just saying I think Hewitt is a better chance for the long run also. Because now that Elder's law, assuming the Elder loses, I could be wrong, right? Hey, I've been wrong before. Assuming Elder loses this, is he really in a good spot for next time? No, he's not. But if Hewitt would have done better, 
He's in a spot better for next time? Yeah, he is. Because he's what you said. He's that nobody who comes out of nowhere. I look at myself. I lost 2018. I'm in a better spot now than I've ever been, right? The other guys who lose, they're, they're like, done. Who cares? They're finished. When libertarians run and come even close or get any attention, we get stronger. So I think Hewitt would have been stronger for the future. I think Elder actually is probably going to be weaker as a candidate. He's going to be stronger as a personality. This run is good for him. I think he's still going to be a, a, a stronger personality, radio show, books, all those things. I think he'll still do very well in all of those things. It'll be very good for his, for his career. Good for him, right? This is not a bad thing for him. I don't think he'll be stronger as a candidate. And I could be wrong, but I think this loss will be, if he loses, will be the end. If he wins, obviously he's Superman. So, yes, uh, my, my hope would have been that the Republican or right or conservative or anti-Newsome people would have been able to get behind Hewitt. And they wouldn't have ignored him. And they would have given him some press. The problem is, again, with Elder, and I know people disagree with me, but Larry Elder is a culture warrior. He made a movie called Uncle Tom. That's literally a culture warrior, right? So but by default, there are certain places that just won't have him on because he's too, right? In their eyes, he doesn't match. They consider they consider him being platformed. You've probably heard that word before, right? You don't want to platform somebody like him. He's a, they, they all say that and the people get worried. So they don't want to platform Larry Elder, right? That's their issue. They, they would have platformed Hewitt, right? I think that could have happened. Now, did it? No, of course, because you're right, Keith. I'm saying what I would have liked to have happened. That, that's my biggest issue. I, I think it would have been better for us in the long run. And I think better for us, California, in the long run, if Hewitt had been the front runner and Elder had not run. That's what I think. But again, for Elder, well done. I'm, I think he's going to do well for this. This will be good for him. Obviously, if he wins, he's Superman. But if he doesn't win, I think he still does well um, for himself. So, yes. Lars says, Newsom will not be recalled. I voted yes, I voted Hewitt. Thank you. That's nice, Lars. That was good for you. I appreciate that. Look, it'll make Jeff feel better at least. Something, right? Absolutely. Yes. Keith says, if they can try to link Elder with white supremacy, I would think they could link Hewitt with something off and make him look bad. Maybe. I think it's a good point. But again, the reason why they can do the white supremacy thing is literally because Elder did the movie Uncle Tom, right? And people don't even know that. And they hear, they go, oh, my God, he's one of those. And it's easy to link Elder with that, right? Even though I don't think he is that. I, to be clear, I don't think Elder is that. I'm not saying it's accurate. I'm saying it's easy to connect. That's what I'm saying. And the average voter is not going to do any homework. They're going to hear, oh, he's that? Oh, I don't like that guy because he's the thing that the person I trust just said. Sadly, that's how politics works. So I do think that's an issue. It would have been harder to do it because he's not known. The fact that he's not known actually makes it harder. And I'll give you an example that happened to me when I ran. All of a sudden, once um, something happened in uh, the press, where all of a sudden the press started covering me a little bit in Western New York. And the second that started to happen, the Republicans put a bunch of extra money into the campaign and having me on some stuff like Larry Sharp is anti-cop or whatever they said. Like that. He's anti-cop. He's a Cuomo plant. Um, he's anti-law enforcement. Um, he, he doesn't, he, he, he's actually a liar about the second amendment. All these things that were completely, utterly not true. Did they stick? Not really. And what I mean by that, the people who already were iffy about me, it, it validated with everything like, nah, but there were a bunch of people who literally, literally said, who's Larry Sharp? They didn't know who I was, right? I'm still crossed the state trying to get my name out. They were like, Larry Sharp's who? Who's this guy? Larry Sharp exists? How do I know this to be true? 
because as they were attacking me, my social media subscribers, my social media likes and everything still kept going up. And my polling was flat. So the polling was flat while social media went up as they attacked me, which means the people didn't like me or if he already just backed off and new ones came in and went, ah, I like this guy. So net in polling, I was basically the same. And and net when it came to uh, social media, I was going up. When you're unknown, this type of attack actually winds up overall helping. And I'm more popular than I've ever been in New York State, right? It's very rare people know say, oh, that guy, Larry Sharp, sucks. It happens. Don't get me wrong. But it isn't that. They'll go, oh, I know that guy. Didn't he run? So that was my point about Jeff. So, again, I get where you're going, Keith. I do. Mrs. says, Jeff was very impressive on the show. I agree. I like that. Yes. Andrew says, um, let's not count our two for the hatch. Anything can happen. I agree. It, look, it's possible Elder wins this thing. And if I have a choice, I hope he does. I hope he does. I, I know sometimes when I, when I don't jump on board, people often think, oh, Larry's anti somebody. I'm not anti Larry Elder. I just prefer Jeff Hewitt. But if I have a choice, I'll take Larry Elder. I just prefer, Je- I just prefer Jeff. That's all. So, yes. Um, let's see here. Um, Tony says there's a significant amount of independent voters in California, Larry. Yes, that's true. Um, will they come out for this is the question. And if they do, Elder's got a shot. I think you're right. If they do, Tony, Elder's got a shot. I think the odds are against it. I think the Democrats are going to come out in force. I think they brought the, the big guns out. They brought Obama out. They brought Biden out. Newsom brought everybody out. Like everybody. Kamala Harris. Don't know why he brought her, but he brought her out. All the heavy hitters showed up, did commercials, showed up in places. I think the Democrats are going to be motivated. and think they're going to come out. But we'll see. I hope I'm wrong. Tony, I hope that I'm wrong. I really do. I hope when I come back on, that whether they know tomorrow or the day after, I go, holy crap, I was wrong. Larry Elder won. I would love that to be the case. So if I'm wrong, I will happily be wrong. I just, I'm telling you what I think. Yes. Um, Dustin says, meet Kevin, a YouTuber who was running as a moderate Dem, said the same thing. You are about Elder. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think it's true. Yes. I think it's true. So, um, Tony, Larry's policies are for school choice and go. Those aren't policies. I know people think those aren't those those aren't policies. School choice is not a policy. I know people think it is. It isn't. It's it's a stance on stuff. It's a I'm not for that. Tell me how school choice works. Yeah, he doesn't have an answer. I actually do. I've explained how my school choice works, how I fund it, where the money comes from, where it goes to. I've explained it. That's a policy. That's not a policy. That's a stance. And if you're a Republican, you'll say the same thing. School choice. What does that mean? Does that mean charter schools? Does that mean private schools? See, I, I see what you're saying, Tony, but that's not that's not a, a plan. Right? And the COVID mandate. That's not a plan. I gave you an actual plan policy. He's against it. I'm against what that guy does. That's not a policy. That's 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 the equivalent of I'm not Trump. So I hear what you're saying. It's not an actual policy. How do you do school choice in California? With 30, what, 8 million people in it? What kind of budget does California have for schooling? It's got to be $100 billion. I, I don't know California very well. I know New York obviously much better. But I would guess $100 billion in education? $90 billion in education? How do you take a $90 billion budget, which is larger than most states, and fix that for school choice? This is my point, Tony. When you have teachers unions as powerful as possible, when you have teacher, te- massive teachers, state unions, 
This is just talk that people are just going to be mad at and vote against. And there's no conversation, right? Because you, they would do what I do, just do right now. I just dismissed it. If he's talking to me about it, I'm like, where's your plan? Well, you know, people should. People should do lots of crap. What's your plan? He doesn't have one. That, that's my issue, Tony. So, all right. Um, let's see if I can keep going down here. Obviously, the system designed to be screwed up. Agreed. It's like the credit default swaps. That was, that was going to happen. It is convoluted and totally logical by design so that nobody can challenge it and make it work. Easy way to keep the ship obedient. Avi, yes, yes, and yes. The, the, default, the credit default swaps, the people who were selling them didn't know what they were. Like, you, they couldn't tell you. You're totally right. Yes, absolutely. All right. Um, Byron says the North California is probably red gold. I agree. I think a lot of younger liberal voters won't go out and vote. So I'm a bit hopeful. I hope you're right, Byron. I feel like they won't. I feel like they won't. So Pete says, any update on Larry Sharpman for governor? I, well, I am going to be out and about. I'm going to be running around and doing some fundraising for the state coming up here this weekend or two weekends from now. One or the other, I'll be in, I'll be in Montana raising money for the Montana Libertarian Party. I know it sounds crazy, but yes, I, I was in D.C. today. I'll be in Montana um, next weekend uh, doing that. Absolutely. Um, let's see here. Check my schedule. Do I sound cool when I say schedule? Um, I will be at uh, speaking in Fordham Leader at, at Fordham University this week. I'm sorry, next week. I'll be in New Rochelle and then the Connecticut party the weekend after that. And then October 2nd, I am doing a, um, a run for the weekend. I'll be in Sullivan County, um, Broome County, Chenango County, Monroe County, and Yates County. All of those the weekend of October 2nd. So I am traveling again. We'll see, Pete. Trying to gain some support. Hopefully people still love me. I hope they do. Uh, John says, I don't mind Larry Elder. Me either. I think he's fine. Right? But the thing that bothers me is more that he is essentially a neocon that calls a libertarian. Ben Schwartz is the same thing. This part's true. He's, he's not, as, as I mentioned with Avi, when I, I know Avi's a big fan of Larry Elder. And he mentioned that, was it yet last night or, or last time we talked, about how Larry Elder is liberty-leaning. He is liberty-leaning, John. That's why I don't mind Elder. He's much more of an established Republican on many of his policy issues or many of his ideas. But he does lean liberty. So, again, if I got to take him on Newsom, Newsom doesn't lean liberty at all. Nothing. So, Elder Newsom, I'm voting Elder every day of the week. I do think Hewitt's a, a much better libertarian than Larry Elder is. Much better libertarian. But, yeah, I, I would take him. Totally fine. Yes. Um, Jenna says, breaking vaccine mandate halted in New York for religious exemptions. Is that right? Is that because of the lawsuit that that the Catholic Church out of Brooklyn did that fought that fought this, ooh, for the lockdowns. Was that last year? Last year. Maybe. Hope that's true. Good news, Jonathan. Thank you. Yes. Let people do what they want to do. Let people do what they want to do. Absolutely. Because says, California's just be split into more states. It's not fair the East Coast of a dozen states and the West Coast is only three. This also, people have asked that before. The, the problem that you have is um, the Senate. Right. As you break the states up, how do you make the senators, right? That's why they won't do it. Again, remember, they don't care about the voters, Dixie. They don't care about the voters. If you cared about the voters, you would break up California into smaller states. That would make total sense, right? The problem is, where do the senators go? Six states are two red and four blue? That's the case you just gave Democrats Senate. We're not going to have that, can we? Now, don't get me wrong. If that's how it should go, then that's how it should go. I'm not saying I want that to happen. I'm saying the people should be 
represented better. And if that's how California should be represented, then go ahead. I'm not, I'm not against it, right? If that makes any sense. But when you look at a left-right paradigm, you have to fight over who gets what and how, right? How do you divvy this state up? Remember, they'd have to gerrymander the state to make sure that each side gets three. I mean, then, then why bother doing it, right? I mean, it's, it's a problem, Dixie. I, I, I agree with you in theory, in practice. Oh, my God. How do we do that when it's a two-party system that all they're worried about is how we gerrymander to, to control the Senate? Note, every single thing we've talked about, none of it was about supporting the voters or supporting the people. All of it is about supporting the party infrastructure, supporting the establishment. That's the key. The actual war that we're fighting internally is not left versus right. It's establishment versus average person. But they throw up the, 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 the culture war to make you think that's what it is. And we jump on board and we fight it. And we fight the culture war. Meanwhile, the leaders laugh. Yes. Matt says, the last eight months has shown me that the vast majority of Americans are more happy with the status quo as long as their person is in charge. Matt, I wish you were wrong. I see that like there's no tomorrow. I see it everywhere. Yes. Oh, well, my guy, it's, you know, the, the foot inside the boot on my neck. Well, it's, it's my guy. So that's, a, that's a now a wonderful boot on my neck. No worries. Oh, it's you? Oh, I hate that boot. Dude, same boot, just different foot. No, but it's got to be my guy's foot on my neck. Then I'm fine with it. O- okay, I guess. The problem, the problem I have with that is not that you like a boot on your neck. I'm okay with that. But then I got to have the boot on my neck too, right? You want to have a boot on your neck? All good. I'm about consent. You enjoy being told what to do. Good, for, good on you. Why does the boot be on my neck though? And Matt's neck and Andrew's neck. Just put the boot on yours. I won't say a word. I'll be happy about it. I'll come by and cheer you on if you want. I, and literally, well done with that boot thing. Good for you. But just don't make me do it. So I know it's 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 crazy. It's it's, it's absolutely crazy. So yes, um, Scott says got to get some of that reform party. You know what's funny about this, Scott? You may not know this, but Curtis Curtis Sliwa who is now running for mayor in New York City, actually was in charge of the Reform Party in New York State in 2018. I went to him. Give me your line. Give me the Libertarian line and Reform Party line. I'll run as a Libertarian reformer. We'll double our votes. We'll keep the party alive in New York State. He was like, no, I'm going with the Republicans. Republicans screwed him right over, and Reform Party's gone. Libertarian Party's gone too, but that was because the whole system screwed me over. right? I actually got the system set up so that we won, and we did win... A ballot access. Then the system said, oh, Larry Sharp won? Okay, no. <laughs> Can't have him do anything. So they changed everything. So be nice, but what are you going to do? Abby uh, says, Larry, I disagree with you about Larry Elder. He has pointed out the issues with Newsom and why he and them have sunk California to the abyss. That's the piece, right? See, um, I think you're, you're right on this piece. And to be clear, I'm not, and again, I don't know. I know, Abby, you're, you're an Elder fan. Please say this the right way. I'm not anti-Elder. I just happen, I just like Hewitt better, but I'm not anti Larry Elder. That's not what I'm saying here. Um, he says he's pointed out the issues with Newsom and why he and the Dems have sunk California to the best. But so do all Republicans in, in, in blue states. And so do all Democrats in red states. They always point it out. That's the issue. He is heavily focused on school choice, blocking the environmental nutbags, and impeding new housing to lower the housing costs and the organization monopoly that runs schools, get contracts 
uh, in big cities like L.A., SF, and Oakland. Okay, let me cover each of those separately, right? As I mentioned before, school choice is not a policy, it's a stance, which is fine. I'm, I'm in the same boat, but if you, if you have noticed, I never say school choice. I give you a policy that winds up giving you that. Saying school choice is, uh, is the buzzwords that Republicans like to hear, which I get. That's a nice thing for them to do, but it's not actually a policy, right? Blocking environmental nutbags and beat new housing. Sounds good. In California, how do you do that? See, I've talked about how you change our, our DEC, right? You have to change it from the – I have an actual plan on how to change the DEC to change it uh, – you have to change the DEC. Uh, in, in New York State, you've got to change the department from, from just being to protect the environment to to grow New York while. That may seem silly. But once the organization's mission is to grow, it is now responsible also for growth, not just protection. If it's responsible for protection, it says no to everything. And that's what California does. So he can say that all day. How do you change it? You change it by changing the entire mission of the organization. He hasn't said that because he doesn't know that. He doesn't do that. It's not who he is. He's just talking about, we got to stop these regulations. Republic has been saying that literally for decades. And the only regulations they actually wind up ending or enacting are those that help the, the, the oligarchies. Democrats are no better. I'm saying you have to change the entire system. That's an actual policy. So what Larry is doing is being a Republican, which is fine. He's a Republican. He should do this. This is what he should do, right? He's being a Republican. But if you're just being a Republican in a blue state, you'll wind up losing. You've got to be a very special Republican so that non-Republicans will actually vote for you. Independents will vote for you. And some Democrats will go, yeah, you know what? This guy's different. If you don't have that, you fall into the same thing. What I think Larry Elder has done is being a Republican, which is what he is. Does he lean liberty? Yeah. But I don't see I don't see anything, anything special. And the organized labor monopoly. How are you going to fight those monopolies? How are you going to fight those monopolies? We just end the monopolies. Okay. Okay. They run the state. You're going to teach a strike? You can, but you're going to say so. I talked about New York City, the MT. I said, I'm prepared for them to strike. Like I was ready for. Yes, they'll strike and we'll fix it. Good. They'll strike. That tells you I'm serious. Will them strike? Teachers unions? No. I just said I support the teachers. So that teachers will then support me within the union. If you create policy that teachers like, which I went out of my way to do so, the teachers will put pressure on the teachers' union to back off. I can't destroy the teachers' union. I shouldn't destroy the union, right? Unions are, are fine. I don't want them to have so much control that they destroy everything. That's a problem. So I need the people inside to change. Culture change, which, again, I don't hear him say that. He's saying talking points, right? That's my issue, right? Um, uh, not to say Larry is perfect, but he's smart and has good ideas that will end the, the death spiral of CA. Um, I don't think Larry Elder is savvy enough to end the death spiral. And I don't mean that as an insult for him at all. Do I think he could stop the bleeding? Yes. But the death spiral is big. And he has a massive infrastructure full of people who want it to keep going that way because they're grifting off the, off the state. I think Larry Elder is, again, I'm very clear, way better than Newsom. But I think he's also establishment enough to where he just bring on establishment people who would stop the bleeding, but not fix the state. They would just stop the bleeding, maybe. That's about it. 
And he would struggle because he doesn't know how to work within that system at all, right? Larry Elder doesn't know how to work within that system. So he will struggle and he'll rely upon probably deep state California people to get stuff done. And that's one of the problems that, that I think he will have. But yeah, again, not anti, not anti elder, just being clear on what my stance was. So yes. Um, then says, why do some libertarians um, like Elder, despite the fact he betrayed us during the Bush era and also very pro, uh, pro police state. Elder is a liberty is a is a Republican, but he is liberty leaning. He does lean liberty in many things. He does. I'm just saying he does lean. So look, if I have a choice between Jeff Hewitt, an actual libertarian, and Larry Elder, a, a leaning Republican, I would take libertarian. But we're not comparing Elder versus Hewitt. In this, well, in my fictitious case, we were. In reality, we're comparing Elder to, uh, to Newsom. If I have a choice, I'm going Elder is all I'm saying, right? I mean, to me, that's crystal clear if I have a choice in that regard. That's all I'm saying. I think in, in that specific case that we're talking about now, Kaylin, I think that is is why why we're saying that. But yeah. But again, if I had a choice, I'm taking Hewitt, right? That's my, my number one choice if I can get that. So yes. So, all right. Um... Angela says, they don't even have libertarian registration. It's called other. I know in New York, same thing. Yes, same thing. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, let me grab a couple more of these. Um, Byron says, it's not that simple. I live in the state of Jefferson, the state of Jefferson area, and that has been moved for many years. There's been a ballot accident, collections, lawsuit, et cetera, and since the rest of California is dependent on our war, and I don't know the government has blocked their return. Byron, was this for me? I don't know if that was for me. I don't know where that's going. I apologize. As as the as the comments go by, I grab them as I can. Um, I may have missed that one. I'm not sure if that's for me or not. So yes. So, um, let's see here. Um, Jenna says there's no overview of our government agencies. This Jenna. Oh my God, yes. One of the biggest issues, and New York State is one of the worst when it comes to states. One of the worst. They do all types of horrible things. Horrible things that no one has any recourse whatsoever. I agree completely. Yes. Our our, um, our DMV, oh, is embarrassingly bad. Absolutely. Totally correct. It's a big problem. Because now, why would this be the case? Let me explain why it's the case, right? The issue here is if I'm in Congress, I can blame the agency. If I'm the executive... I can blame the agency. It provides blame. And agencies are faceless. Like who remembers who headed the this who heads the CDC or whatever? It's hard to remember that. Some people like the, the geeks remember, right? But if you're not a geek, you don't remember. The average person, the average American doesn't know who runs the CDC. Nobody knows, right? So of course not. So I think it's an easy way of hiding uh behind bad policies and bad results. We're going to fire these people that you've never heard of. Yeah, that's it. And if they fired him or didn't fire him, you wouldn't even know. So, yes, absolutely. So if I keep going here. All righty. Um, Keith says, Curtis should have listened to Larry. That was an impressive debate in Larry's well. Thank you, Keith. Yes, he should have. But he didn't want to hear that. Yep, he did not want to hear it. What are you going to do? So, yes. Uh, Byron says, no, that was replied to someone else. Thank you. I thought so. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Thank you. Okay, good. Yes. All right, so if I keep going down here. Um... He says, I agree. It's a huge death spot and even worse. Hardcore Demboros are convinced it doesn't even exist. I'm not sure that, they, that that last part's true. 
Many of them are, but some of them just think that they're so brainwashed. And I, and I hate to say it that way, but it's it's kind of true. They're they're they, they they're so brainwashed to believe that no matter how bad California is, well, if a Republican's in charge, it's just going to be way worse. I think they've almost, in a way, become conservative. And yes, I'm using air quotes, meaning they want to hold what they have because if those evil Republicans, right, go head down there, then, oh, my God, the world's going to end. And I, I think that's the issue. That's what they're really thinking about. Ivor says, Larry, thank you for explaining your issue with Larry L's positions. I appreciate that you said exactly what needs to be done to fix issues such as school choice, producing regulations, the reason why the cause of living in California is so obscene. Push him against his labor cartel. I wish you were the one interviewing him so you could hash out these details. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, Avi. This is one of the reasons why you have to run early. Because what happened, I ran very early last time. And one of the reasons why is when I was getting interviews and such, people were asking me questions that I, that I actually didn't know real good answers for. So I got my policy together. We came up with answers. I was crazy with my policies. And those, some of you may be watching me or actually on my policy team. We would meet every Monday. They would meet for two hours before I got on the Zoom call. Then I'd meet for an hour with them. And we'd hash out policy details. Literally going down, reading the laws, going through everything. What are the rules? How does this work? This is really hard. And people are going to ask me detailed questions. You see how so often I can give you an answer. It's not because I'm super smart, right? I'm good looking, not smart. It's not because I'm super smart. It's because my team and I would literally go through and go down. How could this work? What breaks here? How does that work? How do, what if you get rid of? Where do the lawsuits come in? All those things. And the problem, and this is not that Elder isn't smart enough. That isn't the issue, Avi. He hasn't had the time to put that team together to have these details. And you're right. If he had come on my show, we could have hashed him out. I actually wouldn't even hash him out on the show. I would have hashed him out just him and me. We could have hashed him out. Right. Absolutely. But I don't think he was concerned about libertarians. He was concerned about Republicans because he's more of a Republican. I think if he would have moved towards liberty even more and come towards us, someone like me, I could have helped him out. I, I agree with you. But the issue is, this is my difference when I say the difference between activists and candidates. Both are critically important. We need activists and we need candidates, both of them. Candidates tend to be the people who get people to care about something. And that's good. If activists don't do that, people don't care about stuff, right? Activists have to be out there talking to people, going online, being at events, marching, all the things that activists do, handing out flyers, all the things that activists do to say, hey, Avi, care about this issue. This issue matters. Look at this. And then Avi goes, oh, I didn't think that. Oh, okay. That is an issue. I should be concerned, right? Good activists do that. Now, a candidate has to say, okay, now you care about this issue. Let me give you a way of fixing it, right? Now you care about the issue. Let me show you how to do that. And I think when people move from activist to candidate, if they don't have that time in between, which is now how do I find the actual answers to the problems I've been yelling about for years within the context of my state or county or city or wherever I'm running for, all my country I'm running president, whatever that thing is, then I will struggle a bit and I'll fall back to talking points that I've heard before. And that's why you hear people bring up talking points. It's why you see me constantly just take any question. You see me constantly not fall back to talking points and hit, hit policy issues and actual problems, right? To show people that I know that this is difficult. It's why even though in my heart, I'd love a totally 
voluntary society, by default, I'm a minarchist because I understand the system that we're under and how to change that. Oh, my God, it is a monster. I've, I've looked at the monster, and I see how tough it is. So thank you for saying that, Avi. And again, not anti-elder at all. Just I have a preference. I have a preference. I know Jeff personally. I like Jeff. So I am utterly biased, just so you know. I'm, full disclosure, Jeff and I are friends. We share the same birthday. I see him two or three times a year at Libertarian events. Love Jeff, personal friend, totally biased. So I guess you could put that in with my issue, but I am. And I've been very clear about that. I am. Absolutely. So thank you for that, Abby. I appreciate it. Yes. Brandon says, when people fear the government, it's tyranny. When government fears the people, it's liberty. Oh, got it. Thank you. Thomas Jefferson. America needs fully legalized drug prostitution, better tax code, minimum wage, and no tariffs. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. Um, all of those things, yes. The question then becomes, how do you do that? Right? How do you do that? How do you make those shifts? And this is, I agree with all those ideas. But if you say that, just like the way you said it, the average person gets gets scared. Now, if you're an activist, you should say things like that because now you're engaged people. And someone will go, Brandon, what do you mean? No minimum wage. How do you handle that? Right? Good. I want that. No tariffs. Well, then we'll lose. Well, all, all our jobs will go away. Right? That's of course. And now when they come and say, well, how do you deal with that? A candidate has to say, let me tell you. When it comes to legalized drugs, let's start with cannabis. Let's start it without taxation. Let's start with like onions. Let's start that. Watch how that works. Watch everything change and then move to the next one. And they go, oh, I like that idea. Let's do that. Right? Let's do that. Oh, let's do that. And each one is we move down. Right? And now all of a sudden people start going, oh, that's the shift from activist to candidate if we do it right. You will not be able to have both. Having only one doesn't work. You can't have only candidates, no activists. You can't have only activists, no candidates. You got to have both. And they both have different jobs. You just do. So, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. I think Larry Elder is good for America. California is way too left. Yeah. I, again, I'd rather have him. Um, Larry, do you ever go to Buffalo Bills, New York football games? However, New York Jets and Giants will play New Jersey, betraying New York. Um, yes. And let me explain this. This is interesting. Um, I'm a Giant fan. And why am I a Giant fan? Some of you may remember years ago, if you're old enough and you're a New Yorker, the New York Giants played in Yankee Stadium. It was one season when their stadium was getting either rebuilt or trashed or something. I forgot what it, they were playing in. Was it? Oh, my God. It wasn't Downing Stadium. I forgot. They played a different stadium. And they came and they actually played um, in, in, in Yankee Stadium. I grew up outside of Yankee Stadium, like a block away in South Bronx. So by default, I went to a Giants game in stadium, and I was a Giant fan. So I'm a big Giant fan. I still am. I've been to several Giant games. I've been to a couple of Jet games, but not that much. I'm not a huge Jets fan. I'm much more of a Giant fan. And yes, now they both play in Jersey, and they walked away. But you know what? That's our fault. That's our fault here in New York. We should have had a better system to have them stay here, and we didn't. And we don't have good infrastructure. We don't have all the things. We could easily support both of those both of those uh, um, um, teams, but... That's our fault for screwing up and letting them go. We, there were better ways of doing it. The problem is it's a bribe system, right? It's a bribe. Buffalo Bills stay in Buffalo, not because they love Buffalo, because they, Buffalo bribes them to not leave because we'd have no football in New York State because our system is so bad. Our Buffalo Bills, as you know, are the only uh, football team, sorry, professional football team, that actually plays in New York. 
There's three New York teams, but only Buffalo plays in New York. The other two play in Jersey. Now, the Jets used to play in Queens. Those days are over, right? Those days are over. They're gone. But but we should have had that still happen. We could have had them easily play in Queens. Nassau County, we easily could have made this happen. We're just so broken, we, we just couldn't do it. So, yes, sometimes I do go to um, – I've never been to a Buffalo Bills game. I should go. I'm not a big Buffalo Bills fan. I don't mean you Western New Yorkers. I'm not mad at you. I don't want to pretend I'm somebody I'm not. I'm just – I'm not a big Buffalo Bills fan. Again, I'm not anti-Buffalo. I, I like the team, but I'm really a Giants fan. Jets second, then maybe Buffalo. I know some of you Western New Yorkers people are mad at me. Sorry. Just I don't want to lie to you. It's just true. So there we go. So yeah, <laughs> James goes G-Man. Yes, absolutely. G-Man, I appreciate that. Yes, 100%. Um, are New York and New Jersey bribing the Giants and Jets? New Jersey did. Of course. That's what. The, that's how we work it, right? We shouldn't be doing that. It's a bad idea. Roma says, serious question. Why can't we split into two countries? I'm asking because there's no compromising with the far left. They don't want our constitution. Um, it's a good, it's a good question. And I'll explain, I'll explain why we can't realistically, we can, but not nonviolently and maybe realistically, and also why we shouldn't, I'll do both. We really can't because we are what, what most anthropologists would call, almost political scientists would call balkanized. Balkanized means if you look at what happened is little short history lesson. If you look at what happened in the Balkans and the Balkans are Southern Europe, basically um, below like Romania and Germany and to the east of Italy, that area, right? Romania, Hungary, former Yugoslavia, Bulgaria, Greece, that area is called the Balkans. I actually don't know why it's called that, but it is called the Balkans. So that area was invaded by the Ottoman Empire hundreds of years ago. And when they came in, there weren't enough Ottomans to control all the areas. So basically what most Ottoman conquerors did was they would just hold the cities and the cities would become Muslim. That happened specifically in the areas of, of now modern day Yugoslavia, Albania, of that area. I'm uh, sorry, um, post Yugoslavia, right? Uh, you, that area right now. So the cities would become Muslim and the Ottomans were very savvy in how they would punish people who weren't Muslim. They weren't like, Become Muslim or we'll kill you. They wouldn't do things like that. They would do things like, example, oh, you want to start a business? Well, if you're a Muslim, you don't pay the tax. If you're a Christian, you pay the tax. You can say Christian, but you're going to pay the extra tax. And people started to convert because it made sense to do business. Now, when the people converted, they were probably just, I don't know, Catholics or Christians who were pretending to be Muslims, but their kids were actual Muslims, right? The kids grew up in the Muslim society, so many of the kids became Muslim. So you have cities who are heavily Muslim, and the outskirts who aren't. Now they go to war. What happens? It's not south versus north or east versus west. It's city versus rural. It's it's basically a horrible civil war where everyone's fighting everyone. And that's how America is. Right? America isn't blue states and red states. I mean, overall it is because of how we set things up. But in reality, the cities are blue and the outskirts are red. New York State, totally blue state. Go outside of the cities, heavily red, heavily red, literally driving around. And I know that I cover New York State every single year, driving around during election time. You'll be driving from one city to another. And as you leave the city, I remember still seeing this in 2020. I would see farmhouses painted Trump 2020 farmhouse painted huge. I mean, each each letter is five feet, 
four feet tall. Trump 2020. See a pain in a barn. Barns, many barns. As you're driving down, they move into the city. All of a sudden, Biden Harris, Biden Harris, Biden Harris signs. As you drive into the town, leave a town. Trump 2020. Back to the town. Biden Harris, Biden Harris, Biden Harris signs. Uh, signs all over. So this is why, realistically, how do you break that up? New York State would have to be basically seven cities sporadically in in one big red state. And if you look at the actual, if you look at a map of New York by county and just said red and blue, it looks like New York's a red state. It's not. It's a very blue state. It looks like a red state. So I think that's the reason why we really can't split. There's no splitting. But here's a bigger issue. We shouldn't. Why shouldn't we? Because if we go towards a libertarian-style government, elections don't have crazy consequences. They don't. They basically change the guy who has the bully pulpit. So I can talk about what I like, but I'm not forcing you. I don't have any problem with a president, Biden, Trump, anybody saying, take uh, this and do that, and you should do this, and you should do that. As long as it's all just shoulds, and not if you don't, I will punish you, or you can't do something, or you can't travel, or now I got a problem. But if it's just saying, I think you should, good. You can say that all day long. You should do that. And you should do all types of things, Roma. You should do all types of things, right? And I can tell you, I can should all over everybody. And I do. I should all the time. But I'm not going to force you. So I think if we move towards that, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. Lots of people know I'm a city boy from New York. And I go up and say to areas that are rural, they're not mad at me. They're not going, you terrible shitty guy. They're not saying that. Why? Because I'm not disrespecting them. I'm not forcing stuff on them. I'm saying let city folk be city folk. Let country folk be country folk. What's wrong with that? Leave you alone. If I'm not attacking your rights, why do you care? If you want to change my mind, talk to me. Show me with your actions. Show me with your example. Show me with your community. Show me with your works that you're the right one. And I'll follow. Because that's what humans do, right? If I show you everything that you say, that's right. That guy, he's he's consistent. This is I respect that. I'll follow that guy. And to be clear, all humans, we actually don't hate leadership. We actually love to be led as long as two things are true. We love it as long as two things are true. We believe that we res- that we are respected by the leader and the leader, I'm sorry, we're by the leader and we, and we respect the leader. We respect the leader and we believe the leader respects us. If respect goes two ways, we're happy to follow leaders as long as there's mutual respect. We're happy to do it. It's when we feel disrespected, we go, not following that guy. To hell with him or her. I shouldn't, sorry, or her. She's a jerk. She's a hypocrite. She doesn't respect me. To hell with her. But if you feel like I respect you, and you respect me, you're happy to follow me. I'm going through the hole. Come on, guys. Let's go. You go, yeah, I respect that guy. He respects me. I'm going in. So I think we could do that. If we change our system, there's no need. With our current system, there is. As they keep yelling, elections have consequences. It just makes things worse. Now we're at war. I agree. So, all right. If I can do this here. Um, let's see here. Uh-uh-uh. Um, obviously, it's bribing is by definition how New York and New Jersey do business. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Absolutely. Yes. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right. If I go grab a lot of these comments coming, I'm trying to see if I grab some good ones that uh, are are flopping in here. So I covered that one. That was good. Um, Michael says, I love your cannabis ideas. Realization. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Um, Dixie says, Larry, become governor, move, move giant stadium. As a season holding ticket, New York football giants fan that lives on Long Island. I can't tell you how much I hate that stadium in New Jersey. Me too, Dixie. I think we absolutely should do that. I think we should build new infrastructure, which I talk about all the time, to include a better MTA, which I talk about, leasing out bridges, making them better. When you make the infrastructure better, why can't you create a stadium that has specific infrastructure that gets you right to that stadium? Not crazy. You could do it. Why wouldn't you build a stadium and say, I don't know, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx? Building a stadium in Manhattan is probably tough unless you somehow knock down MSG or take apart a certain area. I mean, it could be done, I guess, but it's just really hard in Manhattan. But it could be done, but only if you had it. It couldn't be done by the by the regular way that New York State, New York City builds things. If you've been watching how long it's taken us to build LaGuardia, oh my God, it's embarrassing. I was just in the Moynihan place. It's it's a disaster, and it's been there for years. That's how it always works. If you can get um, a private company to build it, it could be done, but you'd have to have specific You'd have to have specific um, infrastructure that goes right there. For example, you wouldn't want a railway line that goes into, say, Penn Station. You want a railway line that goes to the stadium. That makes any sense. You don't want to add to the problems you already have. You'd want to be able to put the stadium somewhere near the coast, like the coastline, the river line, so that you could have parking there. You come directly from New Jersey, directly from the Bronx, directly from Long Island, into the parking area without having to drive through the city, right? You don't want to add all of that. 7 p.m. at game time? Oh, my God. That's right. During rush hour? Disaster. You have to find the right way of doing things. You could do it. It could be done. It'd be challenging. I think probably easiest would be the outer boroughs. Um, I'd love to give Staten Island a, a stadium, right? If we could have a, a another way of getting to Staten Island, a, a specific um, bridge that goes from Jersey, and then maybe even a specific ferry that goes back and forth like a train that would go back and forth from, say, Brooklyn or something like that, right? Avoiding Manhattan. Brooklyn and Staten Island train, uh, fer- ferry train, right? A ferry train. And then some type of uh, direct tunnel maybe that comes from Jersey. You could build two stadiums easily in Staten Island. It could be done. So I think we should do that. But we have to decide to do it and to stop making this, put the state in charge. Instead... Again, I'm not against Amazon Stadium with the Giants play. I'm not against it. Amazon want to drop, what, $4 billion in, uh, in Queens? Okay, don't bring your headquarters. Put up a stadium. Do that instead. And have a line directly from, from Connecticut, the Bronx, and Long Island. Come right on in. Boom. You, it could be done. Absolutely. But again, they've got to see value in it. That's the piece. And you make a stadium, uh, a new stadium, right, that isn't just for football. It does football, but it also can do things like rock concerts and whatever the cool thing is. They would add whatever the cool thing is nowadays, right? Whatever. It does all these things. I think that's the issue. It could be done. Absolutely. Yes. So, all right. Uh, so I'm going to do this one. Brendan says, American is a negative income tax. You know, I've been thinking about this, and I'm going to have to put down policies on this soon because I'm worried that we're not going to be able to get rid of of what we basically have now, which is basically we have a UBI. And, I, and I'm not a UBI fan. Of all the UBI schemes, which I'm generally not a fan of, 
negative income tax is the best of them, right? Oh, the least worst. I don't know how you want to say that. But of all the UBI schemes, negative income tax is the best one. So I've got to come up with a way of doing negative income tax. The problem is you've got to find a way of doing it without taxation. That is the challenge, right? Finding a way of doing a negative income tax effectively and then doing it without taxation. Not an easy thing. This goes back to what I was talking about before. The reason why I don't discuss this too much is I haven't had my policy team sit down and come, and come up with details. There's too much devil in the details of any UBI scheme that I don't feel comfortable saying it yet until I've gone down that road because I don't want it to become another handout. And that's the fear, right? You, you do a negative income tax or any type of UBI scheme and it winds up becoming another handout. I don't want that, right? I want to make it to what actually works. And to be forward, Brian, I don't have the details yet. It hasn't been a priority of mine. It needs to be coming up here soon. So I've got to start thinking about how do we make a negative income tax actually work with the least chance of it turning into just another entitlement and without taxation. Not an easy answer, but I believe there is one. Uh, I think that's the best way for us to get out of this. I think it's the best chance for the nation to get out of the nanny state business is to find that answer, right? That answer is the issue. And I, sadly, I don't have it yet, right? But thank you for that. I do need to come up with that. Yes. Brendan then jumps right on and says, uh, you're so right, Larry, negative income tax is a big, is big, but need to change. Hey, Milton Friedman, we, we, yes, we need your help. Milton Friedman came up with the idea. I agree. Yes, absolutely. So we really do have to worry about that piece. I agree completely. So anyway, boo, Social Security for all. Joe, boo. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I love that. Tony says, the private owners of the Federal Reserve will never allow negative income tax. This is a challenge. Don't you are right. Again. I want to be clear. The reason why I don't talk about that much is what you just said. This is not an easy task. What I'm talking about is absolutely not easy at all. But I believe if we think this through, it can be done. I think it can be done. But it's very challenging, right? How do you how do you allow or let the bankers still make money? And this is the part that makes a lot of people angry. Most of my plans that I talk about still allow big business to make money. But yes, allow big business to also support the poor, the working poor and the middle class, and allow for the, the little guy to have a chance to, to move up, right? To move up. That's what I want. So our Federal Reserve Bank is going to go, oh, Larry Schultz wants to change things? Sure, we'll give up all of our power. You're right. That's not going to happen. But, if, but Larry Sharp has culture behind him, so we are eventually going to lose. But he's giving us a better option. We don't get our butts kicked. We get to make money someplace else. Yeah, we'll take it. They might say, Larry, how do I know that? How, how do you know that? Because when I talked about my leasing naming rights to bridges, it was, it was because I wanted to make sure big business wouldn't change their marketing budget. They're already dropping billions of dollars. So then they will have to then shift, right? into putting that money someplace else, which still makes them money. They still increase and they still get all their name placement, which they, well, they want anyway. But now they're paying to help the middle class and the working poor. They shift, right? When I talk about breaking up the military industrial complex, I always talk in addition to breaking it up because it is a massive government grift. Also, also by breaking it up, you open up all those countries that we have um, embargoes against. And you allow, and I guess this is something that, 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 that some of them wouldn't like, but you allow some people who are now currently contractors 
to get some good contracts initially. Maybe you give it for three, five, seven years, whatever, in those new countries that were opening up. So they get to make money still, but it's not by, you know, selling, you know, making weapons given to Afghan rebels, which is what we just did, right? Not that. Instead, we don't make bombs. We make trucks or computers or cars or sewing machines, whatever is the thing that these people want. I don't know what they want, whatever. We make the thing they want. They still make money, right, Tone? So they, they still make money. It's just in a different way. In reality, they don't care how they make the money. That they don't, they don't, they don't want to bomb brown people. They just don't care if they do, right? And, and contracts, yes, you still can. They'll say yes. So that, that's the issue. Tone said you would have to sell out something. You're probably right. You're probably right. And I know that sounds horrible. You're probably right. But I think how we do this, and I brought it up before, what bankers love more than anything is government, guaranteed government money. Number one, they love that. Second thing, fees. They love fees. Absolutely fees, right? So now if you, if you give them uh, fees on something else, they're more apt to accept, all right, let's go. So yeah. Tom says, that's putting a ton of control in the hands of very few, unaccompanied anybody. That's what it is now. He's talking about, that's pudding. That's not pudding. It's there now. It's not putting anything anywhere. It's already there. That's the current system. I'm breaking off that system, right? And allowing others to step up. I'm not knocking down the Goliath. I'm creating environments where a bunch of Davids have the opportunity to knock down a Goliath. That's the goal. So. Yeah. It's already there, man. You're acting like I'm gonna you're Larry, you're setting up this bad system. No, the system's already set up and it is bad. It's absolutely bad. So it's already there. So yeah. Anyway, just yeah. So all right, let me just keep going if I could. All right. Um Jason says before the California collapse really got going, they could have honestly and many small states. Okay, that's some for someone else. I'm sorry, that's not for me. I appreciate you guys going back, but I really appreciate that. So all good. Guys, I didn't say it, so I need to say it. I need to make sure I always say it. Please like, comment, and share. The only way I get around these shadow bands is when you guys like, when you guys comment, and you guys share. You've seen it happen in the past. Please do that. I often, I take so many questions so often because I want you all to be engaged. A lot of people in podcasts don't do that. I do all my stuff live, and I take the questions from you guys here because I want you to feel engaged. I want you to know that you're part of this. It's important. While we do it, we talk back and forth. We disagree. We agree. We have different opinions. We talk to each other. We disagree. We agree. That's why I bug you to take these tests all the time. The political affiliation quiz. Why do I bug you to take it? Why do you see me every show? Take the test. Share the test. Why do I keep doing that? Because these are the equivalent, in many cases, of people talking back and forth. You know this. When you take these quizzes, most of the time, you're by yourself, in front of your computer or on your phone, right? It's you. And you start thinking about these things. And that's what I want. I want you, if you're already liberty leaning, and many of you already are who are watching, then you're already going, you know what? That's a that's a better way of me saying something. It's a better, I should be thinking about this. Oh, I can communicate this better. You can be a better ambassador for a liberty movement, which is what I want you to be, right? So these will help. But not just that. If you send it to your friends and your family members and they take it, it will hopefully spur them to have that conversation with you. And go, so Avi, why do you like this Larry Elder guy? Didn't he say this bad thing that MSNBC told me he said? And you're not going to go, ah, 
I'm glad you said that. Let me have a conversation about that. Versus going, you're dumb. You watch MSNBC, you're dumb. I don't want you to say that, Avi. I'd like you to have the conversation with the person instead. And anybody else. That's why I bug you with these quizzes. The hope is the conversation isn't about you're not like me, therefore I don't like you. But instead, what about this situation? What about this issue? What about this person? And that's what these quizzes do. That's why I bug you so much to take them. So please take the quiz. If you've taken it already, share it. Let your friends and family take it. It does matter. They are my sponsors. I've chosen them specifically as my sponsor. I don't do my sponsor, as you know. This is the one I do because I'm behind it. It matters to me. I think it helps. It makes us think better. It makes us talk better. It gets our family and friends at the competition that we want. I don't want, right? Roma brought up the idea of us splitting up. I don't want that. I don't want violence. I don't want any of these things. I want us to have the hundreds of conversations it takes to turn this nation to a more liberty, a more liberty leaning nation. And that takes lots and lots of conversations. And these quizzes help. So please do that. Hope the show also helps. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash sharpway. Throw me a couple of bucks, 10 bucks a month so I can keep doing this. I try my best to keep doing this. I was in D.C. today. I'm in Montana this weekend. And I'm still doing these shows. See that? I'm still doing it. So I still try to do this and pay my bills and feed my family. This helps tremendously. We are bringing on new content, by the way, coming up soon. Next week, the week after, new content on TikTok, new content. We're going to have locals up coming up here, too. So we're adding more and more stuff. As I keep saying, if you click that little link to the, to the in description, the link tree, you see all the cool things we have going on. Click. It does matter. If you like this, if you care, then please support the show either by liking, commenting, and sharing. That's free. Taking the test and sharing it. That's free. Or throw me 10 bucks a month. Either one. Whatever you do, all of them will help. It makes everything work to the best of our ability. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yes. All righty. Um, let me keep going here. So I'm getting that um, people are already talking um, about Larry Elder losing already. Wow. Already? Is that right? Huh. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I, I hope not. But what are you going to do? So, all righty. Let me see if I can keep doing this if I could here. Um, let me grab a couple of these. Um, Brandon says, do Americans get taxed extra on gas, booby, and cigarettes? Asking for a friend because I'm magic and use none of these things. It's very funny. Yes, it's very good. New York needs to be kicked out of the union. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. Bad idea. No one kicked out of the union. No. We can work this together. We absolutely can. We absolutely can. Yes. I love that. All right. Um, I think economic collapse is part of the plan for the reset. Michael, I've heard this more than once. People keep talking about this. And if any of you um, have ever watched a show, I think it's, ooh, is it Hulu? Amazon Prime? I forgot. One of the streaming services. I forgot which one it is. Uh, it's a show called Mr. Robot. And obviously it's fiction. Um, but I don't want to tell you the entire show in case you watch it. But conceptually, there is a piece that talks about this, right? And this was years ago. This show has got to be at least five, six years old, if not more maybe 10 years old. I mean, it's, it's, it's been around for a bit, I think five or six years old. And it talked about this idea that that was a plan, right? The powers that be and like the governments were involved, big business were involved. They were all colluded to make this happen. I don't tell you a story, but yes. So I think a lot of people think this is, this is true. My piece is, I don't think there's a way out of it. I think there has to be an economic collapse, 
right? Dustin says that's the plan. I, I, I think I agree with this. Here's the reality of it, though. Remember, the American dollar, what's it backed by? And our libertarians are yelling, nothing, it's garbage, it's a fiat currency. That's true, but it's also not true, right? It's true in that it's not backed by anything like, like that, but it is backed by something, the American military, right? The strong military of the American empire is what makes people take dollars, right? We have our nuclear shield over most parts of Eastern uh, Central Europe. We have to take our money. Uh, uh, East Asia, we have our nuclear uh, um, um, shield over that. So, so have to take our money so they don't get nuked, right? So we create these uh, alliances that, you know, if someone nukes them, we'll nuke, we'll nuke the person who's the nuke. So now they have to take our money. So we're like, we'll, we'll bomb you, we'll drone you, we'll have Marines at your beaches. So you take our money. So I don't think that will change in the near future. In the near future, militarily, we are still going to dominate the world. I mean, for at least the next 20 years, if not the next 100 years, but at least the next 20 years, we're going to dominate the world militarily. I mean, just ability to bomb people, right? We can just do that very well. That's one of our skill sets. Killing people, we're pretty good at in general. I mean, killing specific people, we're not good at. But killing people randomly, we are very good at that. That's one of our skill sets. So we could just literally say tomorrow, oh, the dollar collapsed. Um, here's the new dollar and it's worth X. And people go, well, no, it's it's not worth X at all. Oh, well, we'll bomb you. Oh, it's worth X. We won't protect you with nuclear weapons. Oh, it's worth X. Um, we'll stop trading with you completely or we'll shut you down or we won't guard the sea lanes anymore. Oh, it's totally worth X. They'll just do it. They will use that same force to reset whatever they want to reset. I don't see another answer. Now, you might think that's hyperbole. I don't see an answer. If you see an answer, I'm happy to hear the answer. But eventually this has to collapse. Whenever it does, the American government will go, oh, you say the $1 is worth 10,000 euro because it's not worthless? No, it's worth one euro. Why? Because we'll bomb you. I guess it's worth one euro then, or whatever the point may be. So I do think that's actually a thing we'll do. It probably won't be that blatant, right? We're not going to actually say that, but yeah. I mean, what are the options that you have? You just say... We're all liars. You don't admit we're all liars and it's all a big Ponzi scheme. You're never going to admit that, are you? I mean, maybe I'm wrong, right? It would be great if we would actually be honest and change things. That'd be amazing. I just don't see that happening right now. But maybe in the future. So, yes. So, all right. Um, Roma says, what would happen to the USA if China replaced it as a world superpower? Um, I don't think that's going to happen right now in the near future again. And for the reason I said, will, it, will China become an economic superpower? Yes, but even if it becomes an economic superpower, America will still be one too. So it'll, there'll be two. It'll be bipolar, if anything, right? Um, so I don't think it'll become the superpower. And militarily, we still dominate China military, at the moment. Again, who knows 20 years from now? But right now, we still dominate China. China's Air Force compared to ours is nothing. China's Navy compared to ours is nothing. Lots of troops, right? We're not going to invade China, right? So we're not going to do a ground war. But anything else, I mean, at the moment, we still have a better space race right now. Um, but what's hurting us right now is our cyber is way behind. That's our biggest issue. So, yes. All right, I'll see if I can keep going down here. Um, grab a couple more of these. Um, Tone says, more comes need to happen all over society, convos with substance. I agree. Yes, yes, absolutely. Jason says, I made a Facebook account because that's where he was reading from, and he finds me just a YouTube account. <laughs> no, 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 it's what pops up, Jason. It's just what pops up. It's not 
the 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 what I use it just throws it up. That's the the so I don't even know right which one is which. I just pop them up. That's all I do. So I appreciate that. Yes, I'm I'm trying my best. I'm 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 trying my best, absolutely, to make this happen. And of course, Pete says, "Thank you, Pete." Twenty-eight trillion, four hundred and twenty-seven billion. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, right. Two hundred forty-three million, eight hundred sixty-nine thousand, five hundred ninety-four dollars, thirty-seven cents. That's what we owe right now. Appreciate that. That's what we owe right now. Yes. Dan says China is coming apart. The seams. I would see India overtake us before China does. You know, um, this is about, I've always said that I actually fear India more than China. And people said, why? I said, because I feel like India in the long run, not short run. Short run still, India has tons of poverty, lots of problems. But I've always felt like that in India had a more mobile society and a society more open to, to capitalism. That's what I thought. I'm unsure that I'm still right, but that's what I believe that in the long run that they would adapt better and be better at it. And I always felt like China always misunderstood capitalism as a culture to be more about exploitation and less about, and less about fair exchange. I don't know if I'm making sense, Dan. Um, but that's my head, right? This is just an emotional feeling. I don't have data on this, so I could be completely wrong. I'm telling you my feeling. I felt like if you think capitalism is about exploitation more, you're doomed to fail because you're going to force capitalism, corny capitalism, normal, so-and-so. I felt like India was more open to the idea of capitalism being equal trade back and forth, and that over time, that India would create a more vibrant and a better system internally when it came to capitalism in general. That's what I believed to be true. And I still think I see that. I feel like China is new to capitalism and is still heavily about oligarchs and exploitation and oligarchs and exploitation. And I think India is better than China at that. Even though India has that too, we have that, right? Capitalism always has the problem of having to handle the the oligarch exploitation model. That's always going to be a challenge that, that capitalists have to deal with, right? That's never going to go away. And if government's going to do anything, stop that, if anything, right? Make the playing field more even and don't support the oligarchs, support the little guys so they have a chance of beating it. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I think, Dan, I, I don't have data on this. This is just a gut feeling. So guys, take it for whatever you want. I, I feel like India in the long run is going to be much more of an issue. I think China will in some way, shape, or form collapse. I just don't see... I, I don't see the force they use in the long run working. Force is very good for a short-term solution. Very tough, right, for a uh, for a long-term solution. So thank you for that, Dan. I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, Jason says, India is definitely more comfortable with the idea that trade goes both ways. Yeah. I think, see, I, that's what I think too, right? I feel the same thing. It has hurt them in the short run, but compared to the long run. At least they're freer than China. Uh, they used to not be, though. Yeah, I agree. I, that's where I am. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think that's true, 100%. Guys. It's 9.30, almost. I'm going to have to run. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for giving me a chunk of your evening and being patient with me as I was running around D.C. today, and now I'm back. I appreciate it. I will see you guys all tomorrow.